Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is uh, the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. I'm Brooke McCallery. I'm Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 217. We have a first coming to you. This is the first time it it's ever, it's ever, we've ever done a live recording for the, the Poggy. So I hope it's coming through loud okay. and clear. Uh, we have been doing a few lives in the retreat recently and sometimes the video feed that we see, you, we cannot see your comments. So if you're listening, if you're watching, if you're, in, if you're interested in what we're saying, say hello. Uh, and I think otherwise we're just going to do our thing. Yeah, we're going to no, dive right into it. Yeah, but you're right. We've, we have been doing quite a lot of live recordings over on the Live Life Simply Retreat, mm-hmm. which has now uh, finished. So, uh, yeah, we just digged it. Like, we really enjoyed doing it live and yeah. thought, why not Why not do it um, for, a, for a podcast episode? Well, exactly. And everyone was very understanding and supportive when we just kind of didn't publish last week oh, either. Yeah. Do, so. you, do you think we should discuss that? Mm-hmm. Sure. We should we should definitely definitely get into it. So, um, without further ado, welcome to episode two hundred and seventeen. That's the pause for the music. <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> um, so. Take us through what's been going on over the last two weeks, I suppose, because we haven't had an episode, well, the last two episodes of Monday and Thursday haven't come out, and that's because we've been selling our house. We have been selling our house, yes. Um, I'm, I'm glad to say we're seeing comments coming through. I'm not Excellent. going to keep referring to them because it's a bit discombobulating if you're listening to this as a podcast. Um Later, but I will say before we talk about what's been going on, if you've got questions, because this is a hostful, yeah. if you have got questions, feel free to pop them in the uh, the comment box, and we will do our best to answer some, if not all, of them, depending how many we get uh, between now and the end of the recording. Flying again. Uh, so we yeah we've been selling our house, and the last couple of weeks, I know we spoke about it on the uh, the, the most recent check in episode. Yeah. Uh, the reasons why we decided to sell and what that kind of looked like for us. But the reality of it has been really quite intense over the past two weeks. Uh, yeah, there's not much else we can say about it other than, I don't know if anyone listening has ever done something like that, but it's it's full on. Yeah, so going back sort of four weeks ago, I would say, four weeks ago, we were still pretty undecided on what we were going to do in terms of this house uh, whether we were going to rent it out or, or sell it. And we never really, I mean, I think we both had the opinion that we would rent it out because we'd heard that it just provides such a, a good safety net while you're traveling. And, you know, when you get home, you've got a bit of, little bit of security, but it was that security. It was that, it was, it was like providing, it was acting like an anchor mm. almost and, and dragging us in or just holding us back. Um, and now I just feel so free. Like literally we sold our house 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. So we're still in that sort of bit of a state of, I don't know, weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think we did talk about this in depth in the, in the check-in episode, but, uh, it really did feel like a, uh, a, an anchor, this yeah. idea. I, I don't know. I mean... I think, and I don't want to talk about, I don't want to denigrate the idea of kind of renting your house out and going off exploring and adventuring for a year because that works brilliantly for a lot of people. And I think that um, that's what we had thought we were going to do because it's a, like you said, a a security thing, a safety thing. But for Mm. us, it really did feel like a... I don't know. It, a handbrake, cufflinks, whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. there was just something that didn't sit right with us. And yeah, that, that's probably the main reason why. And and then once, well, once Brooke and I make a decision, we go pretty hard at it. And so we've just been full on getting getting sort of ready for, for um, the, the sale. So this is the thing, right? And I don't know how much we've ever spoken about this on the on the podcast before, but... 
we we're about slow obviously we're about intentional we're about doing the important things and turning up but we also find ourselves very intentionally in situations occasionally where it is this like really intense yeah. period and i felt bad about that for a long time i used to think that i was a bit of a an imposter with, with this slow thing a few years ago when i would find myself in these periods of busyness uh, but what i realized is that it's actually um, this, this idea that I speak about in the book, the second book a little bit of going fast in order to go slow. And I think we really gave ourselves over to the understanding that the last half really of 2017, regardless of whether we sold the house or rented it out, was going to be one of these periods, a prolonged period of going fast in order to go slow. And it it's, it works for us. You know, I, I certainly don't want people to think that that's normal for us because it's not. Mm. It And I think if ever these periods of stress or hectic pace become your new normal, that's when you know you've slipped into maybe not being as intentional mm. with, with your time or with my time and my attention and, and um, you know, where I was putting my energies. But when you, you do it willingly and intentionally in order to get another step, you know, along this, this path of, of slow, it feels still stressful. It's still busy. Slow doesn't stop any of that from happening. Slow doesn't stop bills from being paid and deadlines and stress and arguments. It just, it doesn't necessarily stop those things, but it allows you to deal with them in a, in a, or view them through, I think a, a lens of intentionality that I'd never had before. Yeah. I used to find myself in these positions, these these periods of stress and busyness and um, kind of think what's wrong with me, whereas now it's very much something that I do on purpose. Yeah. And when we finish those periods of stress and busyness, we fi- finish them on purpose as well. You know, we're planning to really take January and February as much as possible very slowly. Yeah. We're really kind of keeping our work free as free as possible for those two months. So that's kind of, you know, like I talk about, the long-term balance rather than the everyday balance. Everyday balance is... But it's... It doesn't... It, it's... Well, you know what? It does exist. This is just extremely elusive. Well, and, it, and, and in an impossible target for, for you know, the majority of people every day. If it does exist, there is so much stress and energy that goes into maintaining everyday balance that I don't, honestly don't think it's worth it. That's why I think the idea of tilting, mm. and that's essentially what we're doing at the moment, tilting really heavily into doing certain things in order to be able to tilt into doing far less in a, in a couple of few weeks' time. Yeah, it's really difficult to, to sort of talk to people, particularly our mums, who both sort of ganged up on us on the weekend and said you guys are not living slow. Like, it, it almost felt like, you know... They... It felt like a judgment. I'm not from our mum specifically, but... No, no, like, but that's the that's the sort of reaction that people, people have when we've done this. But, you know what, it comes down to, and you always say it, it's about your own definition. We knew that we had to tilt and tilt pretty hardcore to the point of being, you know, horizontal to the ground. Um <laughs> Uh, to 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 make it work, but you know what we have, and we had the ridiculous pressure of of Christmas and the New Year, and real estate agents closed down from like the fifteenth of December and don't open until mid sort of December. So we had you know that extra uh, pressure. I, I guess would I do it again? Absolutely not. Would you? Would you? Would you do it again? Like tomorrow. No. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just think that there's, I have, I, I, I'm done with feeling guilty about these kind of choices. Yeah. I really am, and it's because it's intentional. It's because it's on purpose. I mean, it's, it wasn't ideal, but how much of timing in life is ideal? You know, I really, I just think that if we come into these times of life, these busy times, these stressful times, expecting that there's this magical way of being able to somehow get everything working perfectly even though it's busy even though there's more going on like i just think that that's a a false um like we're setting ourselves up for disappointment with this kind of false ideal of what it can look like that you know some as someone who espouses the idea of slow somehow like somehow i've got this magic solution or this magic formula of, of 
of nailing it and yeah. we don't no. like, that's not what it's about it's about looking back at the end of every day and f- still feeling tired but feeling good you know and i've spoken before about my non-negotiables that allow me to get through those periods of busyness and those things are sleep we prioritized sleep as much as possible me more than Something. some um sleep meditation and good food and if i can get those three even if I can get two in a day out of those three, but consistently having those as being part of my rhythm, everything else is fine. Like I really, there were times over the last couple of weeks where I genuinely could imagine myself two or three years ago, completely losing it, just completely blowing up. Just having a break, like a break. Just just kind of chucking it all up and going, you know what, I'm done. And that, that never happened. Mm. Uh, and I really do put it down to the fact that I understand it's a choice. We were choosing to put ourselves in this position. I wasn't going to complain about it. Yeah. You know, mindset, yeah. I think, plays a huge role in, in this, in all of it. But, mm. you know, in the way that we viewed the last few weeks. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway. that's where our headspace is. <laughs> I'm celebrating with a, with a beer. It is a, uh, <laughs> it's a slow beer. Um, his cheese. Cheese. So, um, we're going to get to the questions really quickly, but first of all, did you want to give, we've got an announcement to make about the podcast. Did you want to give about next year? Mm. Did you want to, um, talk about that now or later? Uh, we can talk about it whenever you want. I didn't realize we were talking about it, but that's okay. Uh, so the podcast, uh, as always, we're finishing up the week uh, of Christmas. So when I think last the last week? episode goes out on the 21st of December, which is a Thursday, I think. Uh, and then we've got the summer series coming out for the next five Thursdays after that. So that's where we revisit five of our either our most popular or uh, some of our favorite episodes of the podcast from the last year or so. And that's what January will look like. But come February, the show will be going back to one episode a week. Um, we're traveling next year. We've really done a lot of soul searching this year about... So as much as I just sound like I was rationalizing busyness, it has also been a brilliant opportunity for us to start questioning what we are saying yes to and what we need to be saying no to and where we can simplify and where we can do a better job of things mm. but do less of them, but do them... Better. And I feel like with the podcast and our rhythm next year being who knows what it's going to be like, putting the show back to one episode per week mm. will actually make a better show. And the good news is, I know how many of you have missed the experiments, the going, slow home experiments. We're going back to the experiments. So we're going back to the experiments. At this stage, we think that every second month we'll be doing an experiment and we'll all be doing the experiment together, if you want to, of course. Uh, and then the other month, so it'll be alternate months, uh, the other month will be interviews and the occasional host fall. And, and yeah. you know, we'll also be doing a lot of live recordings for the book tour in July, August uh, in the States and Canada. So those will feature as well. But I'm really excited about having the experiments back. I yeah, feel like I've missed them. I feel like a lot of people have We've had them. so many people. I miss journal- journaling. Do you? I feel like you don't miss journaling. <laughs> No. I know a lot of people said how much they loved um, kind of feeling part of something with a whole group of other people and it was meditation and yoga and, you know, eight hours sleep and screen-free bedrooms and all that kind of stuff. So uh, they're going to be fun and we're mm. all going to kind of play alongside each other. Yeah. So that's that's the announcement. I don't know if... Oh, it's a pretty big announcement. Yeah, I guess so. Let's get us to some of the questions. Alex has a question. Did you want to do this one? Do we have any other questions? I do, but that's but, okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's just get into this one. What kind of ratio between fast and slow is workable for you? A month of fast to get three months of slow. What triggers? So, yeah. What, what is it? Is there, a, is there any such thing as putting a, a, a time to, um. you know, fast versus slow? No, I mean, no, because that's not how I think. Um, but I think that I would want it to be kind of, if not equal, fast to slow. Um, and I'm talking like those really intense periods. 
of fast um, or full or busy. Um, I don't want to say mindlessly slow because it's definitely not mindlessly. Uh, or, you know, more slow to fast, kind of weighted more heavily to the, to the slow side than the fast side, I think. Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you have? I, I, I've never, honestly, never thought about it to the, in terms of a ratio, but... All I can say is the last two weeks that I had, I, it was too fast. Yeah. And no amount of... I could have 12 months off. Uh, well, 12 months off. <laughs> Okay. Off and on. 12 months of slow, and I still don't think the ratio would have evened out. But So I choose not to think about it that way. I choose not to think about having, well, if I do a week and put a, a de- definitive time. Because I think, depending on like your energy levels, depending on what it is you are you know, going fast for, it's going to... It's going to differ every single time. So that's the other thing. For so us, we've got a big carrot, like a big juicy carrot at the moment, which is our trip next year and all of the adventure and the unknown and the fun. and um, Also, January and February off as much as possible. Like That's a big carrot, which means that I've certainly run faster and harder and longer than I probably would have otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I think in, in more like normal terms, it's, it's not something that I would, I would want to replicate. No. Which kind of answers your question from before as well. Mm. Would you do it again? Mm. Given the same circumstances, I can understand the benefit of it, but I'd also like to think that I would learn, have learnt about, you know, for some, some additional forethought and planning yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so I think you're right. It really does depend on the individual and circumstances. I mean, I remember reading this article once about a man, I think he must've been a writer or a researcher or something. Uh, and so obviously his work allowed this to happen, but he would work for a week at a time where he, he usually went away or he would lock himself in like a writing shed or something, would not see his family, would not talk to his kids, wouldn't be there at night to Mm. tuck them in. And he'd work like that for a week at a time, but then he'd have three weeks off. So he, he essentially worked himself into this rhythm of getting a month's worth of work done in a period of a week and then having three weeks off. And to me, I, I understand that. Like, to me, that's quite appealing. Isn't that like, just like binge drinking? No. No? Like it's binging on being fast. Sure. Yeah. It's not like binge drinking. I don't yeah, think, but like but... any sort of binging, I think, is probably pretty bad for your health yeah no look i because i'm thinking about things like you know like the three-day work working week three-day working week Mm. anyway like shortening working weeks Mm -hmm. um and like i'm just not a big fan of that why well because it's again putting like unnecessary pressure on yourself to get everything done within those three Three days. What I this is what this is making sense in my head, and see if I can sort of explain explain it. Um, when I know when I'm slow, when I feel like I'm I'm slow and living intentionally, and and I I think about prioritizing um, mindful activities, so things for myself or the family. When I know I'm in that in the fast mindset or unbalanced is when I'm mindfully always thinking about things like work and obsessing about things like work or the house or getting ready to start. That's that to me is the trigger rather than like putting like a length of time on it. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. Like I'm the same. I will tend to think more negatively if I'm stressed than if I'm, you, you know what I mean? Like there's things mm. that you, that I start to recognize in myself, my patterns of behavior. If I'm, if I've got the, the mix too far one way. Um, yeah. So I think you're right I, for me. So Alex was asking about a ratio, you know, a length of time. Mm. That's not necessarily how I think of it because I could kind of be operating for six months at a, at a slightly elevated kind of pace yeah. and be fine with that. Whereas there are other times 
you know, and, and kind of have strategies and coping mechanisms and, and things in place that allow me to still feel like I'm getting enough slow. And then I might have three or four days where there's a whole heap of stuff that I find really draining on me. So, you know, like public speaking and stuff, mm. things that I find really rewarding, but also really tiring. Mm. And I would feel like I'd need a big, deep breath. Um, you know, week of big deep breaths yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm losing some of these um, comments. I think Louisa, she's actually... Are you in the same predicament as us? Let me just go. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with the tenants. Yeah. yeah. Particularly yeah. hard hard time. I mean, I, we've never done it. And... That was maybe one of the thought processes that came through our, our head as well as the risk involved in in getting the right tenants with a hard deadline that we had to fly out of the country. Anyway, you can imagine the thought processes. And it took seriously months for, for us to get to the point of, right, this is the decision we're making. Seamus, it's a very good question. Um, <laughs> any, any sports teams? What I will, did Seamus ask you? I will be um, supporting all Canadian teams when I... Uh, are in Canada. So that's a really good question, though. Um, Louisa, how does one host guests in their home and keep the slow vibe? That's a really good question. A uh, very timely question, given the fact that we're only a few weeks out from Christmas. Um, I think that, first of all, mindset is important when you've got people in your house. And you can already see that maybe your established rhythms aren't going to fly when you've got other people in your house. They might get up before you or, you know, expect breakfast or you might stay up later at night, whatever the case may be. Uh, So I think, first of all, understanding that it is what it is and it's, you know, this enjoy it for what it is. But also pick a couple of things that you really uh, enjoy or that really do give you that sense of slow and make them your non-negotiables. You know, even if it's just plugging in your headphones and listening to some music while you hang out the laundry or um, trying to get up early before everyone else in the house and, um, you know, having that 10 minutes of of drinking your cup of tea in peace and quiet or uh, encouraging people to get out and go for a walk. If that's something that you enjoy, you know, don't, you don't have to give up all of your, slow moments your mindful moments just because you've got people in your home but you're probably best to adapt adopt a a sense of flexibility to it as well Mm. and understand that you know it's a fluid kind of situation there's a lot there's more bodies there's more desires there's more you know things that that people want to happen in the same space in the same period of time i don't know if you can hear actually in the background or not but i think they're playing like wrestling. Um, so I think just take some ownership of, of your, your time and carve out a few moments here or there to, to allow yourself that, you know, those pockets of slow and then enjoy the rest of it for what it is. And Absolutely. know that it's, it's, it's finite. It will not last forever yeah. unless it does. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe it needs to be a bit more of a, a bit more of a consideration. Uh, a question from Julie. How do you juggle the demands of work and kids? She works part-time, three days, one from home, two in the office, and always feel like I've got a million balls in the air. I'm at work thinking about home stuff and at home thinking about mm-hmm. work stuff. That's exactly what I was trying to say, but very ineloquently before. Yeah, I get that. I get that big time because at the moment I'm commuting into the city a couple of days a week. And particularly over the last couple of weeks, I've just been focused on like getting the house sort of sorted and ready and, and it's, it's required quite a lot of effort to stay on, (laughs) (laughs) stay on, uh, the, the track of, of where my priorities are. Um, I guess, and I don't do it enough, but, but meditating is probably the answer there. I've, look, I'm going to be totally honest right now. I have struggled with sleep. Remember last year, sleep experiment, eight hours a night, smashed it. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was my experiment. I hardly, hardly had to change a, a thing because I just always got really good sleep. But I'm, for some reason, 
I'm waking up at like 1.30 every night, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I can't get back to sleep. I can't get back to sleep. And because of that, like you start to worry. And I hate that time of night where, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, every issue that you've ever had is so heightened that, you know, you you just... (laughs) You're either going to die from some disease or... Or, um, you know, the world's falling in. So That's when I always revisit all of those, like the awkward conversations that I've had or all those times I've made a stupid comment or a joke that people haven't gotten. Like, that's when those flash through my head at 2am and, yeah, everything feels bigger than Ben-Hur. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So but To get back to Julie's question, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. So let me just go back up and make sure that I'm hitting all the right notes here. Uh yeah, so I, I think it's it's just going to come down to being able to um, meditate and be in the right state of mind when you're when you're in a place. And maybe one option is is to do morning pages, particularly the days that you're in the office and then have to, you know, then you're worrying about home stuff. But the days that you're in either the office and home, you you write down all the stuff that you know you is in your head about that that location so i think that probably would help yeah it's look it's and it's also something if i'm waking up in the morning i'm not i'm not best practice at all i'm not writing at all i'm actually getting on the laptop and working it's it's really bad and i need to stop it i will say before i move on with julie i think your suggestion of morning pages is a really good one um and i also think that it's not the meditation, from, in my experience, it's not the meditation itself that necessarily helps with that idea of um, focusing, like thinking about work when you're at home and thinking about home when you're at work. But it's about this skill, I think, that, that I have learnt over the past couple of years where I can acknowledge that there's a thought there yeah. and I can see it and I kind of give it a little wave and then I just let it go and I say I essentially say I'm not thinking about you now I see you I hear you I acknowledge you but I'm over here doing this thing and it's kind of a compartmentalization strategy I think Mm. it allows you to just um think be present be in in the thought that you're in and meditation is essentially learning to just come back coming back to the breath, coming back to your anchor, whatever it is that you're focusing on when you're meditating. Because our brains think that's what we do. And Kevin Jenks from Center Meditation says that we spend one in every two minutes essentially, um, yeah, being distracted or thinking about the, the, something other than what we're doing. Yeah. And that blew my mind. And I thought, okay, so that's actually what our brains do. And I think that once I understood that, I felt much better about it. I stopped beating myself up over the fact that I'd be meditating or writing or working on something and then I'd be thinking about something else like I, I think you know you're just not disciplined enough that's not true that's just what our brains yeah, do wide, and there's yeah. things that we can do meditation is one of them that allows us to train ourselves and find ease and softness and gentleness in that coming back just coming back just mm. bringing yourself back mm. um, you know and, and I also think that the analogy of tilting that I talk about a lot is really applicable yeah. for you as well when you're at work just say to yourself and give yourself permission to tilt into work which means that you're not in the headspace of home, home stuff yeah. at the moment and then when you're at home give yourself permission to tilt into home whether that means putting the phone away turning it on you know putting it on silent saying to your colleagues or your boss that you're not going to be answering emails after a certain period of time or on your days off and give yourself permission like you're okay to do that because we can't be everything to everyone all the time I think we're better off just giving things our full attention or as much of our attention as we can. Can, yeah. And what I find is that we're better at things when we do that. We're better parents, we're better people, we're better friends, we're better yeah. workers, um, we're more creative when we allow ourselves to just be all in to a thing. Good response. Much Thanks. better than mine. Uh, Emma, we want to go to New Zealand. Absolutely. So we love New Zealand. We actually visited there 10 years ago and have been meaning to get back. So... Yeah, uh, uh, to hope maybe towards the back end of next year. I yeah. could I could see myself living. I could in live New in Zealand. New Zealand. I could live in the South Island. Any big names interviewing next year? Mm-hmm. I guess it's more like, yeah, what's the wish list? Um, we want to do, do more in person yes. uh, interviews. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do more in person interviews. 
I tried to get Jack Johnson on the show when he was in Australia and it didn't work, which was a bit sad. He was my one big um, wish list. My mum keeps telling me that I need, need to get on Oprah. So I'll keep you posted on whether that happens or not. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've got um, Kate Flanders is on the show next week. Sneaky peek. And um, yeah, I've got some really, actually some really fantastic interviews lined up over the next couple of weeks, which will be um, coming out in February. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to be a good year. Uh, but as always, if you've got suggestions, um, please send them our way. I mean, I, I reach out to almost everyone that is suggested to me. That people aren't always mm. able to or willing to, to mm. come on the show, but I like what's hearing. Been the, what's been the most asked for guest oh. request? Gretchen Rubin was before I, I yep. spoke to her, and Rhonda Hetzel oh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's you know the Australian Simple Living author. Uh, Ron- what, yeah, what about? Isn't there an author over in America that you always get asked about? There's heaps. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. What are they doing? I'm going to just have to go and see what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, heaps of big names. Heaps of big names. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Jack Johnson was the one that I really wanted to um, to get this year, and obviously that didn't happen because he's a superstar. Um, so, Renee has asked, how can I find out where you'll be speaking uh, when you come to the US next year? I will have a full listing of those on their website, on slowyourhome.com when the time comes. We haven't got any dates locked in yet, only knowing that it will be July through August, September-ish. So, we'll be traveling around the States and Canada for three-ish months, and I'm talking with... um, someone from my publishing house on Friday actually about what that will look like and I've had so many emails and suggestions for bookshops around the states and Canada and I'm keeping a note of all of those and I'm going to to talk to her about it but at the moment I think there was something like 33 bookshops and you know um, cities that we're hoping to visit and I will keep you updated on all of that Facebook is also another good place to, to keep tabs on it all uh, yeah, Rosanna has just suggested that Ben needs to, con- to... Rosanna's got a suggestion for you with your sleep. Yeah. She thinks that maybe you need to start meditating again in order to help with that. How, yeah. do, you, how do you feel about that? I need to do it, but I just can't at the moment. It's really... Um... But you've, you struggle with meditation, though. Why? You don't like it? You don't find it effective? I find it really difficult to turn off my brain in that way. Right. But yeah. you do other things that are... Yeah. Like, uh, I, I always am mindful of of the need to, like, stop and just think and process and be still and... But it's not like that, like a like a guided meditation or, or meditation with music or, like, anything like that. It's just like a a state that I will get in rather than an official meditation type situation. And what are you doing when you get into that state? Like, is there a specific activity that you do that could, it can be like things like, it's like strumming on a guitar meditation. Absolutely. Yeah. So like stuff like that. Um, definitely like, I, I would say mowing the lawn is a form of meditation. Meditative. Yeah. Cause like it's, well, I find it, unless it's really stinking hot. Um, yeah, I find that really, really relaxing. Okay. And so, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe because it's ridiculous. Like I can't, can't keep going like this. So, and I don't want to take a sleeping pill or anything like that. Mm. But I guess it's just my brain being too fast. And that's why at the beginning I said that I'd never want to be in this situation again, because it's, totally unsustainable Mm. and it's a shock to the system after we've been living the way we have been living for so long that living like insane and doing insane hours just um yeah doesn't agree with me Mm. yeah Yeah. so that's the thing right that was that was your normal that was your norm when you were working yeah big hours in the city that Mm -hmm. was actually your norm you would often sleep poorly and um I mean, you would get to sleep fine, but you would wake up with a lot on your mind. And 
Yeah. So it has been almost two years since you've had a period of stress like that. To this level, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? Don't you think that's a an, kind of an exciting or a, an, like a positive thing to look at and see that you haven't uh, well, been in that situation for almost two years? Like, don't you feel yeah. like I've come a long way? Yeah, and... It is good. It is really good that you can, like, I can recognize it within like a couple of weeks of what's happening. Yeah. Because, like, previously, I'd just hold on to a lot of that and I'd, like, blame it on other people that are not me or, you know, I'd go out and, I don't know, like, do risky, like, stupid things and, you know, be unfair to people and relationships and, and everything else. So I think just being. Conscious of it is massive and, and helps a lot. Uh, it's just going to be hard because I almost feel like I'm in a routine from it. So, you know, the last... We've been like two two weeks of, of waking up at one thirty. so I've got to, um, yeah, maybe get off this call and, and meditate. Okay. Maybe. So Melanie's got a really good question yeah. about... Uh, okay, she says, I feel like it's harder to use less waste and avoid plastic water bottles when I'm traveling. Have you guys made any plans or have you, or have any thoughts on keeping your waste low when you travel next year? Yes, I have. I have had lots of thoughts and, and plans for this. It's actually incredibly important to me to, to, to really document our efforts, I think, yeah. to have as little impact as possible. So to the point where um, the kids will be getting um, like a stainless steel lunchbox each to take with. Uh, we've all got our keep cups, uh, our stainless steel straws, st- um, what are they called? Stainless steel water bottles. I'm yeah. bringing all of that with us. Uh, I'm bringing our reusable produce bags. There's n- literally no reason why we shouldn't and why we can't. There will absolutely be times where... It doesn't happen. Um, there will be times that I know I'll be frustrated at my inability to to be as low waste as I want to be. And I just have to understand that that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. It's I talk about it all the time, this idea of compromise. Being in relationships, being in unusual situations often requires a certain level of compromise. What I don't want to do is use that as an excuse to be lazy or to do less than I can. Because there'll be plenty of situations where there's not a whole lot I can do about it, but there'll be plenty of other situations where all it takes is a little bit of forethought, a little bit of planning, a little bit of motivation, and it will make a huge amount of mm. difference. The other thing is, I mean, we're going we're going to spend the first few months of the year in Canada, well, in the in Rockies, a, in, like in a like national a pristine yeah. place that is phenomenally important to not only us, to like you know millions and millions of people. And I just think it is so vital that we do what we can. I mean, I, I want to highlight how beautiful it is. And I also don't want to be part of the reason that it becomes less beautiful. Yeah. In, I want the opposite to happen. I, I think as like as a family unit too, we're all behind this because like the kids, and I know I've mentioned this before, they're all over Take Three for the Seed. They're awesome. Like that, they lead the the campaign. Like they they lead, you know, picking efforts, up picking yeah. up rubbish when we're out, you know, at the beach or, you know, going for a bushwalk or even just like walking around the street, walking to school. They see rubbish, they'll pick it up. Mm. Like, and that's a huge mentality shift in them, just to be aware of it. And it's only because of you know the reinforcement that you've provided to them but yeah they're fully fully um you know committed to, to less plastic less waste um i will say that it is going to be harder initially uh to you know to adopt zero plastic because you just i just don't know you know you've got your processes here i just don't know whether it's going to transfer over seas yeah, well, I know the first few places that we're going each have a bulk food store. I have actually sussed that out, and that makes me really happy. So I feel fairly confident that it's not going to be a, like a massive yeah. issue. I think it will just be whether or it'll just be a matter of prioritizing it. Hmm. And for me, that's incredibly important to do. Uh, so look, I, we will document it. You know, Instagram will probably be the best place 
to keep tabs on that kind of stuff. But if you're interested in, in knowing more about what we're doing, let us know because I, I'm happy to go into as much detail as, as you're interested in, but I also don't want to be... What, like packing boring. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was specifically cool. talking about waste, but... Brooke's obsessed with packing. I'm a little bit obsessed with, how, with, with what we're going to take with us and how little we can take, not because it's a competition, but because I'm curious. It's an experiment. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about owning a hundred things or fitting everything into a carry on. I don't care about that, but I'm really curious to experiment with how much we own and what we take with us and how much we need and how much of what we, we tell ourselves we need is just ego or convenience. So if you're interested in knowing about that stuff, I mean, I don't think it's very podcastable, but I might start writing a you know a monthly post on the on the blog again about that kind of stuff if you're interested. Someone's interested. We're getting some there's one interested person which makes me happy. Oh two. There we go. So yeah, but it's a, a really good question, Melanie, and it's absolutely something that I have thought a lot yeah, about. Exactly. A lot, a lot. I'm not sure whether um Caro's questions or comments regarding the the thought like the I think Caro's things... talking about the thoughts keeping me up at yeah 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 that's not a bad idea but i just get then get a picture of of a garbage falling over the niagara falls and i don't like that visual you get an- anxious about all the rubbish in niagara falls and <laughs> caro has suggested that ben visualize he's putting his thoughts in a garbage bin or this is what she does she puts her thoughts in a garbage bin and then sends that garbage bin over yeah. niagara falls um just let it go yeah yeah yep that's what i gotta do I need to let it go. How are you feeling giving this advice? It's good. You know, it's stuff you know. Yeah. It's good. It's really important that, you know, we practice what we preach and to be able to, yeah, like when you fall off, to be able to get back on and, and yeah, it's just been really, really difficult, but I'll, I'll report back, report back. Hmm. Uh, Kerry has made a suggestion about having a tech-free day every weekend. I love this idea. It's something that we have, over the past couple of years, gone through periods of doing and not doing as much. But from lunchtime on Saturdays to lunchtime on Sundays, I generally won't touch my phone. I won't check email. I won't get on social media or anything. I don't post much on social media or do anything social media-wise on the weekends anyway. Yeah. Because it's important to me to get out of that to be completely free of that headspace because for me it's not just a fun thing either there's a very blurred line between work and like play if that's the word like personal use with social media this is the thing though like with like a a tech free weekend like it's a pretty hard and fast rule rule isn't it Mm -hmm. like a tech free day day sorry all weekend doesn't really matter but it's very strict you're very good at it but we do you know, sometimes we lapse into, you know, using technology just because we have to. That, and that makes me feel so bad when I do that. Well, that's why I think that, like, boundaries are important, mm. I think, but only if they're working for you. Yeah. So if like, if you're feeling bad for sitting down watching a movie with the kids on a Saturday night, I'd, I'd really question whether that's helpful. Yeah. You know, maybe you could be more specific in the boundaries. Because you're like prioritizing family well, time. That's, yeah, 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 I have no no issue with that. That's not like you're sitting on the lounge tw- like tweeting for two hours. Mm. It's not like you're you know scrolling through Instagram for two hours. It's it's a completely different thing. So yeah. I think whatever works for you. I mean, if it's going completely screen free for twenty four hours twenty four hours a day, completely screen free from nine p.m. to nine a.m. Whatever yeah. it may be, um, that's sure. Then great. But if it's not working for you, if it's making you feel bad, then, you know, maybe question what those parameters need to be. Um, I don't know if we're getting any new comments. I feel like everything's kind of shut down on us. Yeah, let me... uh... But in the meantime, I do have another question that Steph um, submitted. Yeah. Do you have any fears about next year? Anything you're worried or nervous about? So it's a big question, but I feel like fear would pay, play a big part for me in making such an important decision. So just wondering what your relationship is with it and how you're feeling. Good question. Great question. My relationship with fear is always changing. So 
sometimes fear is bigger, like the fear is bigger than other times. But I don't know, over the past five or six years, I've become a person who embraces change. And for me, fear is usually tied to change as opposed to, you know, fearing the thing itself. Yeah. And I feel 90% of the time, 80% of the time, excited. Like, I can I can see the fear, and I guess it's like this whole visualization thing. I can see it, I acknowledge it, I understand it's there, but I won't let it stop me from doing the thing anyway. And... Like that's a really general way of speaking about it because I do have specific fears, of course. But essentially, I feel really positive about it. Do you? Do you are you afraid of anything? No. I, f- I find it that the whole process is, is living my why this, this year. And, and my motto this year is to take risks, but to take the right risks. And I feel like these are the, the risks. This has been like the... Bu- I've, we've built up to these big things the whole year mm. like we've been building up to this and if you ask me that question at the start of the year oh big time massive but i feel like by taking risks it it's almost like i don't know it it it, it takes away from the fear and it it just encourages more risk taking if you know what i mean so not to say that I'm, I'm immune and I'm really fearful of, of, of different sorts of stuff. I mean, we all we all have our fears. But this, this what we're doing now, I'm no longer fearful of and I'm more really, really excited about. Right. Yeah. What are some of your specific fears, though? About the... the yeah. Uh, the fear of not giving it the right... Not investing enough in, in it when we're there and making sure we're taking enough advantages of, of, right, of so our you, situation. So you're worried that we'll kind of be passive through it? Not passive because we've got a plan, but but fear of missing out. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Have you learned nothing? It's all coming out. But oh. I, know, I, I know what you. I actually know what you're trying to say. Yeah. I'm just not saying it very well. Fear of kind of being complacent or not um, enjoying the the spectacular moments. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. But also you, the non-spectacular you, moments. You want too. to go over there and and give this all we've got and invest a lot of our time and energy because we've been working towards you know working overseas and you got a good book tour and a pod, podcast tour. We really want to do this. Mm. Like we're you know it's so exciting to be able to do this. But on the flip side. And I think you said it really well as saying you don't want to we don't want to take our lives that we've got here and just transplant them overseas. Correct. Yeah. My, my, fear. my fear is that. Hmm. So and that is yeah. something I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple of weeks, which as we mentioned at the beginning of this show, uh, have been ex- extra yeah. full. Yeah. Uh, intentionally so, but still extra full. And I said to Ben a couple of weeks ago that I really am terrified of, because I've done this before, not, not moving overseas, but I've, I've backslid before. And I was, I said, I'm not prepared to pick up our lives as they are right now and move them to another country under the guise of adventure. Yeah. If we're not going to have the time or the capacity to actually enjoy them and immerse ourselves in them. So that is something that I, I have been fearful of. I don't, I don't think we're going to do it. I don't think that that's what we will do because we are aware of it and we are being intentional about it, but I, it is something that I'm fearful of. Uh, but more specific fears. I mean, I'm fearful of the impact it'll have on the kids, if I'm honest, you know, on their schooling, their social yeah. lives where what we end up doing when this, this trip is over what that looks like whether they're going to grow up and resent it I don't think they will but okay this is what's been playing on my mind quite a bit I don't know if you remember but or you would remember 
I was part of a TV show called um, Insight on SBS about, I don't know, was that last year or the year before? Anyways, within the last couple of years. Yeah. And I started uh, the process of becoming, you know, being part of this show because they said, we're doing a show about people who have differing levels of attachment to stuff. I'm like, great, cool. Um, so they said, we're going to talk to people on like all ends, you know, both ends of the spectrum and, you know, places in between. And I got into the studio to record this live kind of panel sort of style show. Mm. And they said, oh, by the way, just to let you know, we've changed the name, the title of this show to Hoarders. Um, and essentially it became this show about people who struggle with hoarding. And then they had me and one other kind of token minimalist on the show and one of the, the men who was a hoarder and struggled phenomenally with it and was so brave in sharing his story, she, someone asked him, where did it begin? And he said, it began because my parents um, never gave me anything. Mm. You know, I didn't have any belongings. I didn't, um, I was never allowed to own things of my own. And that is not our situation with our kids. We've been really intentional over the past probably three or four years as they've grown into their own people to allow them to own the like to, to, to have the stuff that they want to have. They have boundaries, they have physical space in which they can have things, but they get a very big say in what they have and what they don't have and what they keep and what they don't keep and what they surround themselves with because I think it's important. You know, it's important for their identity and, and to give them that freedom to become who they are. But I still have that man's story in the back of my head when I think about having a small, like a bag each for the kids, you know. So I, I'm, I can't help but think about that. Have you ever thought about that? Like the impact that it was, like when they're 21, 25, they'll look back and they go, well, when I was seven, <laughs> my mum and dad. Do you do that? No, because there's nothing awful. You know what I mean? Mm. But that's a, that's a, an answer to mm. Steph's question. That is a fear that I, that I have. I, I fear that they won't remember anything. Okay. So they're in year one and year two at the moment. And I, I struggle with, you know, thinking about... Like, I think I probably, like, random little things that I would... Memories. Mem- yeah, memories of, of when I was... You know, seven and eight. So my biggest fear is, yeah, them not remembering this trip. And, but, you know, that's why I'm, I'm really committed to documenting it properly. I mean, they have got 217 episodes to catch up on so far. Um, <laughs> but, but also, yeah, like doing more videos. I want to do more videos and put videos up and document it that way because, that's that's a passion of mine that I've had for so long and I haven't done anything with it. So I'm really I really want to do that. I really want to find the time. That's my biggest creative goal next year is to be able to document things on the on the talking pictures. <laughs> um Rosanna, you've nailed it. Uh your your comment for some reason we're not we have to I've brought my computer over but um Ben, I feel like you're also saying that you're worried about not being fully present and really appreciating your trip. Yes, because I've just transplanted my life over there and I'm just day-to-day, day-to-day. Like I want to every day do something that is that that makes me stop and and take a step back and go, you know, wow, you know, we're we're doing it. Um, She also says, I'm sure the kids are going to be stronger and more resilient and will always remember their awesome trip their parents took them on. And they will always remember the trip with fondness. I watched that show and I think that man also meant his parents didn't give him love, not just stuff. I absolutely totally. agree with you. I remember that. Yeah. And he's, he, he was a lovely Behind man. Behind the who... scenes, I remember the comments that you, you had about that guy. And it was, it was pretty tragic, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, and <laughs> I hope it didn't sound like I was kind of suggesting that taking our kids on this incredible trip, which we're so fortunate to do, um, would have a negative impact on him like that. Because uh, that's not 
what I was, that's really not my concern. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are literally millions of people who wish that was their biggest problem or biggest concern. Billions of people, I'd say. Uh, so I didn't want it to sound like that's what I was getting at. But his story always struck me because I, having no idea what, it, what it was, his life was like as a kid, but his stories always struck me and stuck with me that, mm. you know, the choices we make as parents even if we think that they're in their best interest, sometimes aren't. And I'm, yeah. I'm completely aware of the fact and accepting of the fact that we will look back and our kids will look back and go, oh, I could have done that better. Like, I know that. And I'm, fine. I'm genuinely, truly fine with that. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be thoughtful and intentional. So I think that you're right, Rosanna. I think that they will look back on the trip with fondness. Mm. But it is, it's a fear, you know, it is a... Yeah, a fear. Particularly, I think the fear is if you take things t- to a, an extreme point, regardless of what we're talking about. Often, our reaction, or our kids' reaction, or you know, um, our family's reaction, is to rebel completely against that. So it's this this kind of softening idea, softening into things, softening my ideas about things to allow people to have their own their own view of it, their own version of it. Mm. You know, saying these are our values, these are why these are our values, uh, in here is up to you. Yeah. Your packing uh, idea is has resonated with quite a lot of people. So I think, yeah, we probably should do a packing. Maybe that can be like the first um, document, like video documentary okay. <laughs> of you going and packing stuff. Okay. How interesting would that be? Well, I don't know. Would it? I... I... I'm interested in packing, yeah. but, um, okay, we're getting lots of hearts, so maybe that would be yeah. something we could do. Yeah. Fun. All right. So we'll, we'll try and do that. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that when we're packing, I guess. <laughs> There's a couple of red angry faces too, so maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, so there was a question I only saw it flick through yeah. uh, about planning, like whether we're planning our... Um, oh yeah, sorry. There's been travel. a few like that. Uh, where where in the US are you going? Um, have you been planning all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So I think we're planning very generally speaking. So for the first few months, we know where we'll be staying uh, in terms of the you know the areas that we'll be staying, and we will be staying in places for sort of four or six weeks at a time. I think mm. until we go on the book tour. Mm. Uh, so the, the the biggest issue at the moment is the the book tour. Yeah, yeah I was talking it, about this when you were out of the room. Oh, sorry. But, um, yeah. we, we don't know what that looks like yet, other than it will be kind of the middle two or three months of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of planning our travel stops and things like that, I think really, because we like to travel slow and stay in a place for a while, we will just kind of rock up and put down some, some shallow roots within the first couple of days, just by doing things like going to the library and going to the grocery store and um, wandering around the neighbourhood, not necessarily being touristy about it, but just to, to get a feel for the place. Mm-hmm. And from there, I feel like that's a really nice way to then start to figure out what is in the area that we want to explore, um, what places exist nearby, what things that we maybe didn't even know exist nearby. And you know, having a chat to someone at a coffee shop is a really good way of getting an insight into what's a really what's a good hike, you know, where yeah. the good mountain biking it's trails just, are, what's you know, good, what's good cross country skiing, all that kind of stuff. So, it really is an experiment. Like the biggest experiment next year is is the community aspect. Like how how we engage with the communities that we're staying in, and because we're going to be doing it as much as possible in a slow, intentional manner. Because that to us is is travel. It's being able to have those conversations of, oh, yeah, don't go to the North Creek Trail because there's a grizzly on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, saves lives engaging with community. <laughs> yes, it does. Grizzlies are something that I'm scared of too. Just yeah. to put that out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Question. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's getting to the end of the hour and uh, our kids are out... And they had a head clash before. Oh, that what happened? They're okay. okay. They're okay. Anyway, this has been a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for joining us. 
We don't know whether it's worked properly. We have been recording it, which uh, we will then put up as episode 217 this Thursday. So in case you want to listen to it again, if you're listening to it live, or if you are listening to it and it's not live, enjoy. hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Actually, enjoyed let us it. know if, you've, um, if you have enjoyed doing it this way, because we could... I, I'm really enjoying yeah. doing it. Look, so. it's been amazing that we haven't done it, like haven't done a, a live recording so far. Yeah, it really has been, but it's because of the internet. Yeah, it isn't is. it? Like yeah. it, our internet just doesn't work properly. So you know, we'll we'll definitely be still doing our normal podcast, resuming next week. But in the meantime. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, have a great rest of the week, guys, and thanks for joining us um, live for those of you who have. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Bye. Who is that? Hi, podcast.